This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. It's time for the Thunderbolt. You know, because thunder always comes after lightning. And it's tech fan number 21. That means we're legally allowed to drink in the United States now. And my name is Tim Robertson. I'm joined by... David Cohen. And I've been drinking since I was 18 <laughs> in England. Uh, it's great. It's, it's I great. I love you, man. I really love you, man. I always thought it was uh, when I was younger. Oh, I could vote and die in Vietnam when I'm 18, man, but I can't drink. That ain't right. Now that I'm 41, eh, I think the the legal age for drinking should be raised to, I don't know, 30. (laughs) (laughs) Ban it all together. Bring back prohibition. There you go. That worked out well the first time. Those are fun times. Uh, So, David, there's uh, actually some pretty cool tech news going on right now. Motorola launched, and uh, I don't know if it's for sale yet, but I know a whole bunch of reviewers have it. It's the Zoom uh, Zoom. Zoom. It's X O O. What is it? X O O M. X O O M. You end up pronouncing it like Inspector Cluzo. I would. I would like a Zoom. Don't you want an iPad? No, a Zoom with my minky. So I'm looking at it, and uh, you know, if I was just simply a specs guy, I would think, "Wow, this is kind of impressive." Uh, unfortunately <laughs> for Motorola, I'm not a specs guy. I'm a well, what can I do with this that I can't already do? With an iPad, oh, by the way, which is cheaper, um, or at least it has an entry point in the product line that's cheaper. Uh, boy, there's got to be some great apps for this. Well, no, no, there's, <laughs> there's none. Um, so it's got to get better battery. Lo- no, not battery battery life. No, Slightly worse, no. yeah. So it must, must have a better screen. Yeah, well, it's, at least oh. it, it's cheaper. Well, no, 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 it's not. That's right, it's not. So, uh, geez, what, what can you say about? Now, granted, neither one of us have one. No, and we haven't <laughs> even seen one. And we probably won't buy one, anyways. Although, if someone well, gave me one, I'll certainly be interested to take a look at one. This, this, this really is two things that are interesting to me about what's happening in tablets at the moment in the non-iPad space. Because let's face it. Tablets are all about iPad and everything else. Absolutely. Really yeah. First of all is the first kind of round of tablets that came out were all 7-inch. And we all remember that, you know, on the, on an earnings call a uh, couple of earnings ago, Steve Jobs actually said, you know, we think 7-inch is a, is a waste of time. Nobody wants that form factor. And everyone else is going, even some of the, um, you know, the iPad, uh, uh, you know, dyed-in-the-wall iPad fans were saying, oh, well, you know what? It might be nice to have a slightly lighter, slightly smaller, pocket-sized iPad-type device. So maybe 7 inches could be a sweet spot, and maybe Apple don't understand that. Isn't it funny how nobody's making 7-inch tablets anymore, and they've all moved to a 10-inch tablet, which is about the same as the iPad? Yeah. Uh, and here we are with the Zoom. The second thing is is that this is the first kind of you know real credible attempt of the Android industry the kind of the non-Apple industry to kind of come up with something that 
is at least you know point for point measure for measure you know kind of beat uh, competing with the ipad rather than trying to say oh no we're not going to do the same thing the ipad does we're going to do some different things this one's kind of saying well beat for beat um you know here's what the ipad does and here's our equivalent and um you know as as a first attempt at that it's probably okay but the kind of that's pretty much what summarizes most of the reviews for me is people are saying well yeah it's okay it's got you know battery life that's on a par with the ipad not quite as large um you know it's got kind of the same sort of build quality and it's got applications not as many as the ipad it's uh, you know all these things you said and and i think the kind of your first sentence for me really summed it up it's if i was a specs guy this would look like you know it's knocking it out of the park and i think that's exactly where most of the people who design android devices and and in, in the pc market i think most of the people who design non apple pcs come from they say well you know we're not going to keep with apple on quality on design but what we're going to do is beat them on specs and price and um you know this is what the zoom is trying to do unfortunately it's not beating them on price yeah they got one um, for two well yeah, kind of yeah notionally it has it has better specs but kind of the area where it has better specs are areas that you can argue are not massively important it's got a dual pro dual core processor but the ipad's never nobody's ever accused the ipad of being a, a slow or a slow machine droid um, life has this as expected the upgrade will be free to everyone and will be available approximately 90 days after the launch which we are talking about the 4g lte upgrade for the zoom it will be free 90 days after the zoom launches but here's the thing you have to send in your Zoom to oh. Motorola, and it's going to have about six me. days, and then they'll send it back with the upgraded hardware and software. That's just <laughs> you know, if, it's, if it's only going to mean well, if it's going to be ninety days, why not launch it in ninety days' time and have that on there? And again, that's another one of those specs. It's like, well, it's a tablet. Why do you need faster networking than three G on a tablet? What are you doing with it? What are you downloading to a tablet? You're streaming movies to it. You're um, downloading documents to it. You're, you know, doing some wireless printing and stuff like that. And you're doing your email and your web browsing. All of which are things which work perfectly fine under 3G. Yep. So why would you want to to send off your tablet and pay extra service fees and pay extra money to get a, a 4G tablet just so you can say, oh, well, it's 4G, it's not 3G. You know, this is this is insane. And I it's more totally expensive agree. than the iPad. Yep. And to me, and, and oh, by the way, uh, iPad 2 is out next week. Yeah, there you so, go. So, so the, the, the very few things where you can argue that the Zoom has it beat, like cameras and stuff like that, are probably going to be on next week's iPad. Yep. So the question always has to be, iPad is the market leader. How? Why? Why should I pay more for a competitor? What does it bring to the table? And the answer in this case is really very little. The only market it's shooting at is people who can't, for one reason or another, can't stomach Apple. And you know what? That's fine. I'm I'm a big believer in choice, and I don't believe that anybody, if they want a tablet, they should have an opportunity to have something that's a non-Apple device. But they're not gonna they're not gonna storm the market with this. It's it's almost insulting, I think. It's the it, this is the best you can do, really. Well, it it, it does kind of come across uh, from all the parties involved. There was there was that whole hoo ha with Verizon a couple uh, about a month ago, yep. where um, they basically said, okay, well, if you don't want a data plan with it, 
Um, that's absolutely fine. You want to use it just as a Wi-Fi device. You don't want to use the 3G data plan. That's fine. But you've got to pay as a month service for data you're not going to use. I don't get it. <laughs> and, you know, and, and they've dropped that now, but that was only because everyone complained. And it just the whole thing kind of comes across very much as a whole bin- bunch of big companies saying, here's this huge market one of our competitors have created. Let's see what cash we can dig out of this. Because you know what? Everyone buying these things are so dumb that they'll pay anything for a tablet. And, and I, th- I think they are completely missing the point. People will pay money for Apple's tablet. Millions and millions of people will pay money for Apple's tablet. Um, even though it's not the cheapest device in the world compared to netbooks and that sort of thing, they won't just hand over money, hand over fist for any old tablet. Uh, you know, here's the thing. If you can't have a competitive product... On any of the specs, price, performance, apps, why bother? Do something different. This is simply, wow, Apple made it really cool. Maybe we can – I I just don't get it. But this is this unfortunately this has, this is an attitude that I think is in, endemic in an awful lot of top company management right across the world, which is you know you see it in the movie industry, you see it in the software industry, you see it in TV shows, um, you know in all sorts of creative areas. Somebody has a rip roaring success, and rather driving their competitors to innovate, it drives them to copy. Yeah, and and basically that's what these things are. They are a copy and then i again i don't necessarily have a problem with that i don't mind if they have only one or two innovations if they're a good copy this is a this is the probably the best copy that's been so far but it, it's not a compelling sell at um 7.99 or whatever it's going for 5.99 i think is the cheapest you can get with certain types of contracts you know, and they haven't even got a Wi-Fi only version. To me, you put the cheapest one out first if you want to get some market traction, especially when your major competitors are releasing an update next week. Absolutely. What is the delay in getting the Wi-Fi only <laughs> version out? I mean, why is it why is it harder to build one with just Wi-Fi only than it is to build one with a a three G modem that's you know factory replaceable to four uh, G in ninety days? I mean, I, I just I don't understand the mentality of. Look, Apple's already captured this market. The early adopters all went with the Apple product. There's no question about that. You know Apple's coming out with a new one. So you're going to launch a product and announce all the specs and everything right before Apple comes out with a new one. So you're already dead there as far as the early adopters are concerned. So where do you position this? Who sells it for you? How does a Best Buy sell this other than sticking it on a shelf and hoping something and hoping somebody will yeah. buy it? That's right, yeah. I, I just you know. I don't get it. Look, I hope somebody does really well other than Apple because, like you, I want a lot of competition. But th- that's not what this is. No. I, I, to me, I mean, you're kind of reading the tea leaves here. The, Motorola is, is a cell phone company. They've partnered with Verizon – big cell phone cell phone provider this to me very much smacks of the kind of you know bully tactics that the cell phone providers are used to imposing on their customers to me the reason that there's no wi-fi only model now is because verizon said oh no we don't want that we want to tie people into contracts 
Yep. The reason it's more expensive is that I don't think Motorola has the buying power that Apple does. Nope. By any stretch of the imagination. Plus, you know, they've they've obviously had to do some deals on subsidies and that sort of thing with Verizon. And Verizon's turned around and said, you know what, we think we can, um, you know, we we've got them this we've got the the uh, CDMA market for tablets to ourselves because uh, Apple isn't playing there at the moment. We think we can gouge some customers here with pricing, so we're not going to have such great subsidies. All of these decisions, you look at them individually, you put them in that context, and you think, okay, you know what, this is this is basically companies saying, you know what, we don't need to be better. We can just be good enough, and we'll get enough saps along the line to uh, make back on our, our R&D costs. And what irritates me the most about it is that Google is... Google Android is trumpeted as this great big open platform, like it's, um, you know, this is much better than the closed walled garden, you know, Steve Jobs controlled um, utopia that you, you deliver with the iPad. And what, what this demonstrates to me is you give somebody an open software platform to actually deliver to, and what they do is they use the openness of that platform to exploit their customers. And all you're doing is you set changing one set of limitations, which are Apple's, for another um, which are the cell phone companies. And the only difference is at least Apple tries much harder than most companies to um, reflect some of the re- what their view of the requirements their users are rather than necessarily just make, make money. Well, it's going to be interesting no matter what. Um, there's a lot of room to grow this market, and I'm looking for some viable competitors just because I have – um, hold on. I've got a noise coming through. I thought it was on your end, but then I realized it's Google chat that uh, someone is sending me chats through Google. Okay. Yeah. We'll just close that. <laughs> Sorry about that. Every now and then I'd hear blink. I was going to stop you and go, what is that back there, David? And then I realized, yeah. oh no, that's me. Um, I personally think that HP is going to have a very competitive, competitive product. And they're probably going to do something a little bit different. And I think that's really what's needed. I just don't yeah. see the, the Google platform, Android, being such – I mean, it's, it's cannibalizing itself. It's not really going to – a year from now, I don't think Android is necessarily going to be competing with Apple. I think Android tablets are going to be competing with other Android tablets. Yes, yeah. they're kind of the – there's the – Eat their People, young yeah. type of mentality and ugh. Yeah, it's it's. They, they, I mean, Google, Google Android in some ways is is even now it's kind of like the it's the it's the device for either people who like to tinker, kind of the the Linux kind of Unix type crowd. Well, it's built by engineers. Type. It's built by yeah, engineers, not designers. Engineer That's right. And then it's also designed. You know, it's also there's a mark clearly marketplace for people who just basically don't know better. Yeah. Or, or or alternatively can't afford to pay <coughs> Apple's prices. And but, rather than wait and save to get into the um Apple space because I think many people understand what Apple delivers. Oh, absolutely. I think they understand the value chain. Even even people who who, who necessarily aren't particularly tech fans understand from the ads and seeing the retail stores and everything they understand that apple is a premium brand delivering a premium experience but here's the other aspect of that david is that developers have to support your platform so what can you compare it to we can't go back to the the heyday of the the computer you know the 80s and the 90s and the 2000 you can't really compare it to that because this is really a brand new ecosystem so you can only go back a year 
2010, what did the Android marketplace do and what did the App Store on the iOS devices do? Well, if you're a developer and you look at both of those, now my, I don't have exact figures in front of me because I didn't mm-hmm. think to look it up beforehand. Um, so I'm going to be off by a little bit, but I'm in the ballpark. Android, around $150 million. Mm-hmm. iOS is like $1.2 billion. Yeah. Now, yes, you have to consider that the iPhone is part of that too, and the iPod Touch and the iPad. Yeah, yeah but there are Android, Android phones. Right. Uh, and in fact, you know, plenty of people have been talking about the fact that Android is, in terms of volume, Android is now outselling iPhone. But the people that are buying those devices aren't buying apps for the most no. part. And I think that is the eventual downfall of any kind of mobile device at this point, <clears throat> that if you can't compete and have really good third-party apps on your device, people are not going to be interested in your device. No. No, absolutely. And you know what? There are always going to be big hits that are sure. crossover. But you know how that's going to work? And, and it's working like this already. There'll be big hit on the iOS platform, and then they'll be ported. Yep. It, you know, there, and there will be – don't get me wrong. It won't surprise me one, one bit if you find one or two apps coming the other way. That, well, I hope there are. You know, I hope there's yeah. more than one or two. I really do. The difficulty Android, the Android marketplace has is that it's it's a complete free for all. There's no curation, you know. And like it or not about the App Store policies, at least you know if you have a problem with that app, you've got somewhere to go to, and you have, you know that there is a, there's a there's a cop walking the beat there. Even if he misses things and things slip through time from time to time, you know what you're getting into. That reassures a lot of people. It does, you know, and and. It's frustrating enough getting buggy software, but you know, getting software that might be buggy, might be um, infected with who knows what, just might be badly coded. Um, might su- I mean, you know, these things are all subject to battery life and this sort of thing. A badly coded app can destroy the experience of your phone or your tablet, and um, that's that's just not an experience that people are comfortable with. We've been putting up putting it up w- w- with it on the PC for years, and people don't like it anymore. No, and they Time certainly has don't like on. it. Yeah, and they certainly don't like it on this new platform. Which one of the whole um, selling points of it is its simplicity and its ability not to ha- make you have to deal with some of the rubbish you have to deal with on a on a PC or even a Mac to some extent. You know, it's crazy even on a Mac um, that sometimes you have to do some of this weird rubber chicken voodoo like repair permissions or delete a plist file. To, in order to get a, a misbehaving app working properly. It's just not good enough nowadays, and people don't want to work like that. Well, David, no? we've got a lot of stuff to cover. We need to take our yeah. first break. We'll be back in just a few seconds. Celebrate Apple's iOS, iPhone, iPod Touch, iPad, and Apple TV with us on the Pocket Size Podcast from MyMac.com with your hosts, Scott and Peter. Great reviews from John Nemirovsky of MyMac.com and segments and contributions from many of the other fine writers of MyMac.com. It's hard to believe so much excitement can fit in your pocket, but it can. Please find us at MyMac.com or in iTunes. Just search for Pocket Size Podcast. You'll be proud to tell your friends that you have us in your pocket. So that's the uh, promotional audio that we play this time, of course, for Pocket Sized Podcast. Have you listened to the show yet, David? I have. Yeah. It's awesome. And the and the ad just it's like being at the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Um so 
I was on Pocket Size Podcasts, um, I think it's number seven. It hasn't yeah. come out yet. So I recorded that a couple days ago. And what Scott wanted me to do is come on the show and discuss what we discussed last week about Gameloft mm-hmm. and the whole in-app purchasing fiasco. Yeah. So between the time that I told him, sure, I'll be happy to come on Pocket Sized and, and do a spot with you, last show's Tech Fan 20, and uh, yeah, I, I have to say, and I say this on Pocket Size as well, open mouth, insert foot. Turns out, in fact, that if you do unlock the game in-app purchase, it does, in fact, unlock it on your other iOS devices. So I was 100% wrong. Well, okay, you were wrong. And uh, good of you to kind of come on and, and say that, I think. Uh, you know, we we like to be honest and straight with our listeners here. Absolutely, and, and I was 100% that's fine. wrong. You know, we are not, you, you, we don't, we don't purport to be experts. We're just guys who do our thing, and we know about what we know, and sometimes we screw it up, and that's fine. A- that's actually, just human. Actually, David, yep. I, I kind of am an expert. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am a professional. <laughs> I, I'm a COO of a technology company. I, 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 was, I am an I was, expert. I was talking generically. Okay, good. Specific here, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, however, I think the point is still worthwhile being made is you – as an expert, did not know that. And here's why I didn't know. When you click on buy the full version on the other device, in this case on the iPhone, because I had already unlocked it on the iPad, yeah. it doesn't say you already purchased this. It says, are you sure you want to buy this item? And you say, yeah. yes, for six ninety nine, And then it says, enter your password. Now, as we all know, with an iOS device, as soon as you enter your password it starts downloading. Yeah. Now, thankfully, the next message that popped up, which usually doesn't happen, was you already purchased this, so do you want to download it again? Yes. That should be right at the beginning. It should be, but let's uh, let's just to play devil's advocate for a minute, that could well be an Apple problem and not a GameLoft problem. I I agree. It's GameLoft's problem in the kind of the way they've, kind of using the model but i think in terms of the actual coding mechanics of how that message gets displayed i suspect they would turn around and say well that's apple that's not us i agree um however i still think and and i would still make the point that you know there's nothing to stop them putting help text text in the game that explains all of this and and if you as an expert didn't know and you were confused, what's the average show in the street going to think when they go through this? This is I a problem that needs to be fixed. Yeah, absolutely. And and really, I, 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 I still agree with you. I think the model is wrong. I don't think what you should do is you should download a free app and then be able to buy it. Uh, the only way to get the app as the full version is to buy it as an in-app purchase. I think you should be able to go and buy the um, full app from the app store, I have two versions, free version and full version, and the free version basically points you at the full version. I think that's much clearer to everybody, and everyone knows where they are. Because some people, for whatever reason, just aren't going to want to buy buy the the uh, the other version. But I guarantee there's going to be a hell of a lot of customers who are going to hear about this great game, think, oh, you know, great. Um, and then they're going to go to the app store and say, hey, it's free. Probably one of those promotional sales. I'm going to grab that. And then they get to disappointment when they find they're going to buy it. Later on, I, I still think the model is flawed. And you know what? Talking about Gameloft, I saw a, a news article this morning. They've got a big 99 sale 
99 cent sale going on across the iPod and the iPad this week. Really? Till the end of this weekend. For for reason what, I have no idea. But, you know, literally half of their products is down at 99 cents. Hmm. And a lot of that stuff I've already bought, and I paid a lot more for it. Some of it's good, some of it isn't. But you know what? Go back to my original point. I don't know what the hell a lot of this stuff is worth. And I'm kind of taking the attitude now that I'm kind of going to steer a little bit clearer. Uh, a little, oh, steer a little bit clearer. Yeah, still a little bit clearer. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to steer clear of game loss, to be honest. Um, unless they've got a really, really compelling product. I'm going to turn around and say, you know what? I'm just not going to buy it right now. I'm, not, I'm just going to wait, and, and maybe I won't look at it at all. They have gone down in my estimation somewhat as a result of kind of how they're trading. Um, and you know what? I'm sure they don't care because they're one of the bigger game companies and um, they're making lots of money on the, on the App Store. But, um, you know, I, I have a right to make my own personal purchasing decisions, and that's kind of where I am with them at the moment. So one of the things going on right now is um, a huge sale. No. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. Yeah. No, we won't get into that. Seriously, though, I, I'm with you. This has to change. When I buy a game and then two days later it's for $0.99 cent and I spent nine ninety nine for it, it really is quite annoying. And... I'm with you, David. I'm not going to fall for it anymore. Yep. So I agree. We're, we're texting back and forth because <laughs> here, here, here's a weird situation. Yeah. I've had this, a this. This was this was kind of you know serendipity. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't even know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking oh, about. Okay. Here's a friend that I've had for I'm going to say 11 to 12 years online, and I have no idea how to pronounce his first name. No. Now, this, the funny thing about this is this is something that, that completely unconnected to you, I know, online as well. <laughs> Isn't that weird? And when we had a conversation about it earlier on today, you went, oh, you know, you mentioned this guy and uh, you sent me a link to his website. And I said, oh, I know this guy. He, he, he frequents a, a forum for Alpha Smart uh, word processors, which is something I mentioned to you last week. So explain that to me what that is. Well, and, so, and let me first say, though, that he, um, you're lakey, right? Or how do you? Uh, how do you well, say he's, he's 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 originally Danish, so okay. um, it's, I think it's Yolak or Yolak. Yolak. I'm sure he will. But when we get, finally get to speak to him in person, he will. I'm hoping uh, that he comes on the next show. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, yeah, I've known him forever, f- and he's yeah one of the most generous people I've ever met. I, can't, I don't want to get into to details on why I know that, but he's a really great guy, and I've invited yeah. him on the podcast. Uh, a few times, and it looks like it's finally going to happen. I'm really excited to get him on the show. He's, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, one of the reasons he often turns down those sorts of things is that he's very, um, he's very conscious of his accent um, in English, which, you know, I, always cracks me up when somebody, somebody who speaks very good English but is from a foreign country says that, because I was say, dude, you know, whatever your accent is, you speak English better than I speak your <laughs> native language. You know what I mean? I um, absolutely but, do. But I, know, I know from from how I know him that, that um, he's done some videos and stuff in the past, and he's always posted them and says, oh, I'm really sorry about the accent and all this sort of thing. And you know what? It's not a problem. You know, he's not. it's not like you can't understand what the guy says, and, and his English is excellent. So I'm sorry, what did um, you say, David? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! I said ha ha. Well, he sent so, me an uh, email saying that he just listened to Tech Fan Twenty, and he says, "Why are you so confused? Get the Airbook, the MacBook Air, I believe is what he means." Um, 
And that stems from I'm getting back into writing. Yeah. Uh, and I actually sent you what I've written so far. You did, yes. Yeah. I'm not Have, sure it's read yet because oh, I've been, goodness. Uh, been a bit under the weather this week. Good. Well, um, that or it made you get under the weather <laughs> and you're just being polite. Um, but I, I've really got – I keep going over the story. I haven't written any more since what I've sent you. But I keep going over the story in my mind, um, which is a good thing as a writer. You're kind of hashing Absolutely. things out ahead of time. Um, and also listening to music in my car when I'm driving. It's kind yeah. of like the soundtrack to the book that I'm writing in my head. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good, that's a good yeah, way to kind of approach it. But I keep coming back to should I get the MacBook Air? And I think at this point, honestly, I think I'm going to. Well, I mentioned these Alpha Smarts last week, and and this is the peculiar thing: is this is where I know um, you're like from, because um, Alpha Smart is was set up by a couple of guys way back in the day who were ex Apple engineers, uh, and they basically created a device that was kind of like an add-on ADB keyboard on steroids. Basically, it used ADB and it plugged into a Mac and it had a Mac layout, but it was a standalone battery-powered word processor. So it had an LCD screen as well and um, a little bit of uh, kind of the whatever the equivalent of flash memory was back there. Um, and basically, you could word process on this thing. And the cool thing was you plugged it into your Mac, hit the send button, and it would retype at high speed everything you typed into your article onto the Mac. Hmm. So it would transfer the information uh, as if you were typing it really, really fast to the Mac uh, and vice versa. So it was a really good way of, of you know, back this is back in the, uh, you know, kind of the mid-90s of, of having a, a a thing that lasted for, I think it lasted for a couple of weeks on a, on a pair of AA batteries um, and would allow you to um, word process on the go and then get it straight onto your Mac. Now these have been developed over time. They're very big in the, um, they were acquired by an education company called Renaissance Learning and um, they're now very much focused in the classroom. But there's kind of, a, there's a subgroup of people who are professional writers or non-professional but amateur writers who love these devices and, and I'm one of these people and there's a, there's a forum on Flickr for us. Uh, the Alpha Smart Users Group and Yolak is where that's where I know him from. I've, he actually doesn't live far from me here in the UK. Uh, funnily enough, he only lives about ten miles from me. But um, that's where I've come across him. Is is uh, and and I've spoken to him many many times over the last few years. And these devices are great if you just they've got fantastic. There's the the latest one is called the Neo. It's fairly cheap. It's about one hundred and thirty dollars something like that. Well, he's actually got um, a video up at Wired on the Gadget Lab video Neo keyboard hooked up to iPad. That's and right. It's, and it's, it's his. It's actually his video. It is, yeah. And this this was one of the, when the when the iPad and the camera connection kit came out. Um, this was one of the things many of the people on the group were quite interested in. Um, is whether you could kind of join the Alpha Smart with that. Unfortunately, with the latest iOS releases, it doesn't work anymore because the voltages aren't right. So unless you've got a powered hub in there, then it doesn't work anymore. Um, but the, the Neo itself is is a it's a fantastic, very light little machine with a really great sharp display and a fantastic keyboard. Hmm. And it's you put a pair of what uh, was that? Uh, <laughs> you sound like you're. <laughs> oh, sorry, you're, it's just you the, okay there. Just the Skype gods gargling at me. I think. Oh, okay, I thought you um, said you were sick earlier, so we want to. If we well, had to take I, a break, <laughs> I am still a little bit peaky, but that, I that would be you, a, a podcast I, first that I don't particularly well, want to. Yeah, have. I will not. I will not be vomiting on mic this evening. So. Uh, uh, yeah, so the thing is about these devices is they're really great for writers. They last for about a year on a set of three AA batteries. Wow. 
Um, they're really easy to use. They sit on your lap and you can just kind of tap away and, and they're really great. Nowadays they have USB on and they have proper file management, that sort of thing. Really great. I mean, you literally just turn it off. When you turn it back on, it's back to where you were before. Hmm. So that was why I mentioned it. It, it, is, it is possibly something you might want to look into as a writing device, much cheaper than the MacBook Air. Um, but it's interesting, he's an Alpha Smart user as well, and he suggested I do get the MacBook Air. <laughs> so uh, so that, that's an interesting perspective. So maybe we'll have to uh, follow that up with him uh, next week. If, Absolutely. If to come on. I got a really cool email uh, from a guy named Tom Engels, and uh, Tom started his own podcast. And as you know, David, I love it when people start their own podcasts. And I told him, send your uh, your a little promo audio over to us and uh, we'll play it here on the tech fan podcast. I also sent it over to guy Searle to play on the MyMac podcast. And uh, my understanding is he did just that yesterday. So I also wanted to uh, play this promo. Tom Engels is called 66 South and it sounds really, I haven't had a chance to listen to it myself other than um, very briefly listening to it on iTunes. But when I listened to it, I, I wasn't at my computer where I could subscribe to something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I still need to do that. But you know what? I love it when people get into podcasting for the first time, David. I, I always encourage people to just jump in, both feet, yeah. do it. And and definitely talk about talk about a subject matter that I don't think anybody's ever covered before. I mean, this is really interesting. Yeah. And let's play this uh, promo for a second here. Hold on. From miles, miles below the earth. Below the earth. To the summits of the highest mountains, across and below the oceans, in remote parts of our planet's rainforests, and into outer space. Oh, well, Houston, you're good at one night. Explorers Podcast is here from 66south.com. So once again, congratulations on your new podcast, Tom, and we wish you all the best from... Uh, Everybody that's podcasting here at MyMac, including all the writers, MyMac.com wishes yeah. you all the best, right? Well, maybe not David. It. David gets jealous. He doesn't want you to do any better than him. He gets he gets that way. <laughs> you know, if that was the bar, that's a pretty low bar, I have to say. <laughs> so uh, last bit of news. We're going to keep the show under an hour today. and. Um, we're going to have a lot to talk about next week, too. There's an iPad event that Apple is hosting, and I'm sure that that's going to be half the show next week. But Apple did just release some brand-new MacBook Pros, and they look very impressive. Probably the biggest thing – well, there's really two big news items that came out of uh, Apple this week. Uh, let's start in reverse order that I was going to plan on talking about them, David. Lion – the big news, there is no more server edition of the Mac OS starting with Lion. It's built in to the regular OS. Yeah, which is, uh, is, a, is a cool move. And, and I think it's, awesome. it's not – it doesn't necessarily surprise me because, I, you know, they killed the um, X serve a while back now. Yep. Uh, and it's clear that Apple is just kind of – Pushing back away from the enterprise computer. But this isn't like a stripped down version of the server. This is the full blown macOS server. Yeah, but uh, I I think, I mean, the only server now is the Mac Mini server. So kind of. No, the Mac Pro. Selling a separate server OS just for Macs doesn't really make a lot of sense in that context. So I think this is a, 
you know, is an interesting move. But, but know, they could have I'm still very sold glad they it. decided to take this route, which is to... Oh, we lost David. And uh, that happens sometimes. Server product. Wow, that was weird. Um, it just completely dropped you and it said you were calling. Skype that's, did. That's really, really strange. That's weird. It was that like a time warp. It must be the poltergeist again. Yeah, no, you you gotta feed him and give him some entertainment. I don't know what well, you, you know feed what? a I've, poltergeist. I've had, I've had the pre- I've had a priest and a rabbi around. But all, <laughs> he, all that he does is throw bags of sand at their head. <laughs> um, so that's kind of a surprising development for me. Less so for you, but a welcome one nonetheless. Now, what is beeping? Oh, <laughs> it's if it's not one thing, it's another. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lessons in podcasting here. Tom, if you're listening, right, first lesson is turn off everything electronic. Well, here's the thing. I've got my iPhone on airplane mode, but I've also got my iPad sitting here, and I didn't know that there was a calendar event that my wife had put on that, of course, is now beeping at me. I I, I, I have a situation now because I have a a Mac at work, and uh, I also have my iPad with me all the time and my iPhone. And there are a lot of other iPhones in the office now because we switched to iPhones, our corporate platform. So I'm hearing that little mail chime all the time. (laughs) Uh, And when I get a mail, it's like the dawn chorus because you hear ping, 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 kind of moving moving around my, my little space. It's very, very confusing. You know what I did today? I found a Motorola Droid. I found one. Yeah. Well, what was it doing? Was it panning for change out in the street? No, it was trying to melt the snowbank that it was in. Uh, the glass was broken. Yeah. And um, I picked it up. I looked around. There was nobody there. So I thought, well, okay, I'll take it with me, and I'll try calling somebody, and is this your phone? Did you, are you sure there was nobody there? Were you sure there was somebody hiding behind a tree, hoping that somebody would pick the thing up and take it away? Probably. Here's the problem. I've seen iPhones work with broken glass. Yeah. This thing didn't do anything with broken glass. Well, but you said you found it in the snow. Could the I No, mean, it was it, working. It just was not anything oh, I right. tapped was it couldn't do anything. It wasn't functional. Right. So I, I gave it to uh uh the business that I was by. I said maybe yeah. it's one of your customers or if you can't figure it out, you know, maybe call Verizon, they could probably tell you who's who it belongs to. Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, it was heavy. Yeah. I was surprised at how it weighed. It felt like it weighed twice as much as my iPhone. Now, obviously it didn't, but there was a lot more heft to this thing than my iPhone. Well, I, I, does, uh, the, I seem to remember the droid has a, like a, a slide out a keyboard. Yep, it does. So that, that kind of adds to the bulk a little bit, but, uh, I, I the thing is the, Cell phones have moved on the last 12 months. I mean, that's quite an old device now. Yeah. I, I played so, with it a little bit, sliding it open and looking at it. It just felt cheap. It just felt yeah. like an inferior product. It really did. I, I mean, I it doesn't lot, have the fit and finish that an iPhone does. It's just I not even that, in the same class. I think the pro- one of the problems with most Rolla products is a lot of them are like that. They're just not particularly well built. They're kind of, um, they're kind of like uh, American cars in that, you know, they kind of have the same shape and fit as everything else, but the kind of the, the plastics used are maybe not the same sort of quality as some of the other marks, uh, you know, BMW and that sort of thing might use. Hmm. So the last thing that we need to talk about, which is probably the biggest news of the week, so we'll save it for last, obviously, is Thunderbolt, a brand new connection technology for the layman, for everybody else, um, new I.O., Mm-hmm. That was developed by 
Intel. And at the time, I can hear people in the background yelling, by the way, now. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's, it's the evening in, Friday evening in Manchester. Oh, boy, <laughs> the, the hooligans are out. Yeah. Um, it was called Light Peak there. Now, that was kind of the development name for it. Yeah, that was the code name. And uh, I don't know if I like, I kind of like Light Peak better than Thunderbolt, to be honest. Yeah, Thunderbolt sounds a bit. Clumsy. Yeah, clumsy no, it, and cheesy, and yeah. In fact, every time I every time I read it, I, all I could um, all I could think of was um, Lightning McQueen in Cars. Yes, going lightning, <laughs> lightning McQueen. Yeah, ching. Yeah. It kind of has that kind of. It does. You know, really it's so it's a marketing you know term. It you know really what? is. We didn't like MacBook MacBook Pro when it was first launched, and now nope. everybody. Kind of is used to it, and uh, in a while, I hated. I didn't like Firewire at first. I thought that was a dumb name, Firewire. Yeah, well, and I think they're going for the same kind of feel to it, you know. Um, unfortunately, Firewire is is kind of a very evocative description of what Firewire actually did. So I think yeah. uh, Thunderbolt is less so, um, but you nevertheless will uh, will will get there. We'll get used to it after a while. But but in certain in terms of technology, I mean, this is amazing. I, I, well. It's on paper. It's amazing. I think we'll have to see. Uh, at the moment, there are no peripherals that use this device, use this connection. So, um, Intel has difficult. a video out there. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, they were yeah, running I don't, I HD don't... through, copying a, a file, large file, and it was averaging around seven hundred fifty megabytes, or um, yeah, megabytes a second. Yeah, I but I never trust any uh, of those sort of no. things because obviously that's going to be absolute best case. Yep. Me, me, you know, it's it's like all these things. I mean, USB. Two, for instance, is notionally faster than Firewire 400, but we all know in practice Firewire 400 normally smokes USB 2 because USB 2 relies on the CPU yep. uh, and slows down very quickly and also saturates the bus whenever you do anything on it, yep. which means nothing else can go on, whereas Firewire doesn't have any of those problems. So to me, until we get real-world peripherals and we actually have a chain of the things working, we kind of find out where, where the stress points are. Um, it'll be difficult to know whether this technology really is up to the job. But I have to say, um, a, a couple of people I saw on Twitter today were going, oh, I wonder why they didn't put USB 3 on the MacBook Pros as well as, or instead of this Thunderbolt. And, and I have to say, I think USB is dead at this point. Not dead as in it's going to go away, because obviously it's a massive installed base. I don't see any further developments. I think USB 3 itself will pretty much wither on the vine. Because clearly Intel are putting a lot of effort behind this new technology. Ten gigabits per second. It basically the idea is it, it is it does everything. It, rather than you know inside your computer you have a system bus that if you have like one of the old Power Macs or a Mac or a Mac Pro you kind of have a bus that the cards go into and the memory can access and kind of the graphics card sits on there as well. And what thunderbolt apparently does is it takes that bus and it turns it into a form that allows it to run over a copper cable anywhere pc express pci express exactly yep. and and it's doing some very clever stuff on the bus to try and make sure that there's some networking protocols on there so it doesn't saturate and it doesn't block and it doesn't um and it works bi-directionally as well so the idea is i think you'll have one thunderbolt port on your mac or your pc you'll plug into that um your first device in the chain, which would probably be your monitor because it does video as well. And then into the back of your monitor or to a hub device, everything else you need to access will plug into um, your, your external drives, your, um, you know, any sort of interfaces. You might be able to put networking on there, any other computers as well. 
and, and basically everything will run over that connection. I'm wondering if, if they're works, going to be fantastic. Right, absolutely, and that's the kind of the key at this time. We just don't know. Now, I'm curious: will he be able to boot to it? I hope so. I can't imagine why they wouldn't. Um, can you connect to Max via Thunderbolt because it technically runs networking through there as well? I, I, I'm pretty sure I read something today, and I think this might have been um, Matt Wells' call cool that kind of was trying to tell, ask, answer all these questions. That, as far as they were aware, the migration assistant now support on these new machines does support Thunderbolt connections. I'm, so I'm dying to to uh, test it out myself. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I've, I mean, I don't think it's certainly at the moment when there's no there's no products available for it. Um, no devices or peripherals. There's no compelling reason to go out and buy a Mac Pro, MacBook Pro, just to get that port. But um, excuse me, not yet, anyways. But you got to remember, there was a time that Apple dropped ADB and floppy disks and put this thing in called the USB into their iMac. Yeah, and everybody was just so mad. This is the dumbest thing Apple's ever done, and uh, no, actually, it was pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> they I mean, forced I mean, an entire generation of people to leave old, cruddy technology to behind and adopt new technology, and that was what at this point, thirteen years ago. Yeah, and and I think you know we are looking. I mean, if it if it really delivers this sort of performance, we are looking kind of a a real step change in file transfer, um, which kind of makes sense because we are. Even with USB, with USB two and FireWire eight hundred, we are kind of at that point where data sizes are getting so large now. You really need to be able to move it more quickly than those technologies can allow. In a real world situation, I was kind of calculating for an average computer user, uh, you could back up your entire machine in about ten minutes. That's pretty impressive if you start seeing those real world examples. Yeah, I think a lot of the problems we're going to run into initially is very slow hard drives. Mm. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, if it does 10 gigabits per second, even the fastest SATA 3 only does (laughs) 6. Yeah, the only time you're going to get that is is if you go with, uh, oh, geez, what? SSD. SSD is the only thing that's going to keep up with it. I think this is kind of uh, the precursor to Apple moving everything over to SSD. I think once SSD prices fall to the point where you're getting roughly the same price per gigabyte as you are with standard hard drives, and it won't get there completely, but if it's in 20 to 30%, I think that's close enough. And it's interesting, there were rumors going around last week that um, the new MacBook Pros would kind of have a small SSD boot drive and then a conventional hard drive, which I, I I didn't put any credence behind to me that sounded far too complicated for apple to do plus well there was, was so was, many problems with that theory okay let's say you're using final cut pro well it always uses the boot disk as a scratch disk unless you tell it to use something else yeah. you'd fill up your ssd in the first five minutes of using final cut pro and not only that most non-technical users wouldn't be able to differentiate between one device and the other right so uh, what do you, also, do you make it read only yeah good luck with right. that you couldn't uh, uh, and also, then you've doubled the cost of the uh, storage system on the computers. Yeah. You need two buses and um, two devices. So that makes the computers more expensive. Now, there so are much- hybrid drives out there, but those are yeah. really for the geeks. And, and not only that, there's, I mean, the most um, high-profile hybrid drive, the Seagate one recently, has actually just been recalled because it has massive problems. Yep. So, um, yeah. Now, I, I run a system like that on my MacBook Pro at work. I mean, I have a... a a boot SSD and uh, and then my old hard drive running as their data volume, but I kind of 
I'm, because I put it all in there, I know what I'm doing with it. Your average user is not going to understand that. So to me, that wasn't credible. And and I did hear see people on Twitter going, oh well, I thought, you know, they I thought when they launched the MacBook Air, they said all this iPad technology was going to be coming into all the MacBook line now. Where is it in here? And the answer is, well, it's just not right yet. It's you. It's like you say, you've got to wait for the prices to fall. You can't put a MacBook Pro out there with a 64 gig SSD on it. No, because it's a MacBook Pro. Yep. You know, the Pro kind of means something. Um, with a MacBook Air, the Air tells you you're making some compromises for size and weight and portability. But with a Pro, you, you'd have all the Final Cut guys screaming in alarm if they only had a 64 gig or a 128 gig SSD in their machine. I still think that it's very promising technology. I'm glad Apple's an early adopter of it. I've been reading about this for two and a half, three years now, and I was starting to wonder if it was ever going to come. Yeah, and now that the day is here, I'm looking forward to Apple supporting it in all the products. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it, it, it's just nothing but potential at this point. Yeah, and and I think there's going to be some real teething pain because it uses the same connector as the Mini Display Port, which I thought was a really bad idea. But I understand why they did it. But Wow, really? Well, it's because, well, I mean, let's face it, I think we all know Apple's endgame. They love their um, streamlined ports. So I think Apple's endgame is to ultimately get to a point where they just have a single um, Thunderbolt port on the machines and there's no USB or anything else. Everything else is done off the machine. That'll happen. That'll happen sooner rather than later, I think. That's right. And that's clearly why they've gone that route. But the the problem, of course, is for anybody who has a mini display port monitor at the moment, and there's, you know, all the current cinema displays, that's how they connect. They're kind of a bit up a gum tree because as soon as they connect their monitors to the um, Thunderbolt port, that's it. <laughs> There's no more connectivity. So they're going to need some sort of splitter device to accommodate that. Um, so there is going to be a little bit of teething pain until we start seeing monitors with pass-throughs for this technology. The 15 and 17-inch new Mac mo- uh, MacBook Pro models are all quad-core. Wow. I, either i5 or an i7. Apparently, every single machine in the range, even the 13-inch, um, is about 40 to 50% faster than the machines that went before them. Yeah, the thing so the, was, it, it, the old rule of thumb is if people cannot perceive any speed difference if it's not more than, what, 25%, 30%. You really don't perceive a difference. So if we're talking 50% speed increase, I'm, I'm wondering if it's time for me to update my laptop itself. Yeah, I, you know what? I thought that too, but then I thought... I mean, we are talking a really big performance increase here. The um, the specs I read said that the... The benchmarks I read said that the the old 13-inch MacBook Pro, the fastest in that range, is now, was, is now the equivalent of the base model in the new range in wow. terms of performance. So that's really how far you've gone. Um, well, if I the, do it, I'm going to go with a 15-inch. 17 is just too big for me. Yeah. So I'm going to go uh, but, with the 15 with an i7. Yeah, but I, th- I think the thing is, is I mean, you're in a position, you're doing edit, video editing, that sort of thing. You probably need that sort of power. Yeah, I live on the laptop. Yeah. yeah. Me, yeah. I, I just don't. No. I mean, I'm, my iMac at home is mainly used for web type of stuff, a little bit of photography and that sort of thing. My work machine is very much for web, word processing and email. Um, I've got my MacBook Air for portability. I've got my iPad. I really don't need... What I'm not really short of is power. And I think for anybody thinking about mulling this over, if you're in a position where you want, you need a new laptop 
then yeah, by all means, go out and buy the, these machines because I think they're tremendous value for money. The prices are the same, yet you're getting that massive performance increase and of new future technology. But I think um, if you're thinking about upgrading your old machine, I think you do have to say what you need the power for because uh, the previous generation of MacBook Pro is already so much more powerful than machines we had only three, four years ago. Oh, yeah. You know, so you really do have to justify the power. If you're going to go out and sell your machine and then trade up, even though you're still looking at an investment of a few hundred dollars, and you really got to say, what do you need that power for? And you, I, to me, I think the business case is you've got to justify that to yourself and say, well, here's the application I need that needs that is slow and needs more power at the moment. Um, and you kind of got to make that stack up if you're going to if you're going to go out and buy that because as for powerful these machines are, you know, the machines that are available in 12 months' time are going to be even more powerful. So well, Yeah, but you can't play that game. And I think this is a big enough speed increase um, that for me, and remember, I don't have a, an i5 or an i3 MacBook Pro. No. Mine's a 2.53 gigahertz Intel Core 2 Duo with 4 gigs of RAM, which is not a slouch by any stretch of the imagination. No. But this machine, the new ones, is probably close to... I'm going to say 60 to 70% faster. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a big increase. As I say, you have a, a use case that's going to justify, you're going to see the difference. But I think for, for a lot, awful lot of people just kind of doing a bit of uh, iPhoto and web browsing and that sort of thing, it's, it's, it's massive overkill for what they need. So it looks like, David, I'm going to be buying a new 15-inch and a new 10-inch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, 11-inch technically, but yeah. Yeah, 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 we'll see. I got, no, I've got what, a lot of other things, say, too. For, for, for anybody who's not on the trade-up, for whatever reason, the, the upgrade I did to mine, um, which wasn't... I really didn't spend a lot of money of putting the SSD in, and I also put in 8 gigs of RAM while I was at it, has really given me quite a, a significant boost in performance. RAM is the, probably the biggest thing. When people ask me, what can I do to make my computers go faster? RAM. Yeah. Get more RAM. Yeah, and the, the RAM, I, it was it was eight gigs of RAM was cheap. I mean, it wasn't. I was I was surprised how cheap it was, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I didn't spend a lot of money at all, and even the SSD was uh, it's a sixty four gig SSD, and it, it was it was probably about one hundred and twenty dollars, something like that. It wasn't That's not expensive. bad. No, but for, compared to now, I say that um, you know compared to what I used to spend on hard drives. I mean, yeah. I used, that was like the the kind of the minimum you used to have to spend to get a hard drive upgrade. Yep. Nowadays, of course, if you spent that, you can get nearly a terabyte if you're on desktop, and certainly up to five hundred. Scary big uh, on on laptops, but you know, uh, for me, I was off the performance rather than necessarily the storage, and uh, I'm definitely seeing that. Well, David, we need to wrap up the show. I said we're going to keep it under an hour, and we're going to do so. Uh, we're going to be back next week, hopefully with our guest. Yeah, and uh, talking about the iPad two, I'm kind of excited. I got to be honest, unless it's a significant upgrade, I'm not going to trade in my first generation iPad because I'm just I'm so happy with my iPad. It's my favorite thing in the whole wide world as far as tech goes. Um, yeah, and it, it's it's going to have to offer me something that I just literally want to do and I can't right now. In a forward facing camera and slightly thinner design, isn't it? No, I, I, I think, yeah, we are, we are kind of expecting an incremental rev. Yep. Um, this I usually, around. I usually skip generations any, anyway. So yeah, and and uh, let's face it, you've got plenty of other Apple hardware to buy. <laughs> <laughs> that I do. Apple is definitely going to be getting some money from me. That's for sure. Yeah, and and as I've recently just bought the Air, then then I'm also in a position where I can't just find uh, any big Apple purchases this time around either. So uh, and and again, like you, I, I'm, I'm not. 
I'm not expecting to see anything that's going to be mind-blowing in terms of the hardware. I think they may be doing something on software services, which might be interesting. Absolutely. Um, so we'll just have to see. I mean, that Apple is is good at surprising us. Sometimes they surprise us with something new. Sometimes they surprise us by not doing anything particularly new. So we'll just have to wait and see. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show. We'd love to have feedback from you guys. You can send email to feedback at mymac.com. That'll come to me, and I'll share it with David. Or even better, you can leave a voice message. We'll play your comments right here on the show. Simply pick up any telephone, including your iPhone, and dial 1-801-938-5559. Or if you want to leave a Skype comment, just uh, find mymac.com on Skype. That's the username, and send a message there. We'll get them all, all ways. We get them, David. And if you have an iOS device, just use Voice Memo to do it. That's a real good way of doing it. Use Voice yeah. Memo, record yourself, and then email it to feedback at mymac.com. Absolutely. And again, you, you've heard, you've probably heard Tim do this before, but um, I'm always very pleasantly surprised by the quality you get from that. And as an illustration of that, there's a, a, a program going to be coming out on the mymac.com um, podcast for TechFan that I actually did in the car on my iPhone. I've heard that ad. And, uh, yeah, and but the thing is, uh, let's not talk about the content. But no. in terms of the quality, I I don't think that you would be able to tell that it wasn't done with a professional microphone. No, I, I don't think it so. Pretty good. Yep, absolutely. You know. It was it was oh, it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, David and I will be back in one week. Take care of yourself.